0: Hi, I'm Molly Weinberg and I'm a Philly based lifestyle influencer who gives all the deets when it comes to wellness, travel, even entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Molly Weinberg Podcast, where I chat with experts ranging from gut health specialists to fashion icons and everything in between. I want to share all the specifics to help you live your best life. I'm not sparing any details. Yep, no questions are off limits. Every week, you will walk away from each episode feeling more motivated and more informed than before. Tune in weekly to the Molly Weinberg Podcast to never miss a beat.
1: much as i love a deodorant that smells absolutely wonderful and all of mine do but i do not go crazy i don't use essential oils to mask odor i use it to delight the consumer not to mask odor which means you won't get a rash um and that's the problem and i won't say which brands but if you open a a a deodorant and it kind of whoa all i can say is if you have sensitive skin do not put that on your skin Mary
0: Futher, founder of Kaya Naturals, is a veteran beauty executive and former product developer having worked for global beauty brands such as YSL, Revlon, Elizabeth Arden, and as a product developer for Shoppers Drug Mart. Mary left the corporate world and founded her own beauty brand, Kaya Naturals, clean body products for sometimes embarrassing body issues. We'll get to that. Her brand has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Vogue, and the New York Times. Her products, such as charcoal natural deodorants, have also won numerous awards from Mind Body Green, Nylon Magazine, and is an Allure Reader's Choice Awards nominee. I think what makes Mary so special is her realness. She isn't trying to just sell you her stuff. Her number one priority is educating the consumer. In this episode, we talk about smelly bacteria, why aerosol dry shampoo is so horrible for you. The new Kaya products coming out this July, what it took to break into the clean beauty industry, and if us lady should be using vaginal wipes. Yep, the vagina. We go there. And a whole lot more. So let's get started. Thank you so much, Mary, for being here. This is
1: so exciting. I'm a huge fan. Well, you're so sweet.
0: <laughs> so where did the name Kaya Naturals actually come from?
1: I, I wanted something that um, communicated natural, and the word Kaya... Uh, it means a lot of things in different languages, but in Greek, it actually means earth. That's awesome. I think we should probably
0: start from the beginning. Where did you grow up?
1: I actually, uh, I'm I'm Canadian and I grew up in a small Mennonite community, which is a bit like, like Pennsylvania in Pennsylvania. Those are uh, wow. uh, very, yeah, it was a very uh, rural community. And um, people actually speak um, Pennsylvania Deutsch, just like it's a it's a it's a dialect of German. Um, I was the sole like Catholic girl in the town, and so a lot of my friends um, are like New reformed Mennonites. But um, it was a really interesting uh, life. I mean, we lived close to the city. I'm not that far out of Toronto. So when I became a big girl, I was it was time to leave the country, <laughs> and I, I moved to Toronto.
0: Wow. Did you growing up always have a love for beauty products, skincare, makeup, whatever it was, like were your, was your mom using it, people around you?
1: Well, you know what, actually I came by it um, in a sort of interesting way because my mother actually passed away when I was very, very young. Mm. Um, So I just developed this love for beauty products and I used to find them in magazines and I would go to the local grocery store and buy magazines and just became obsessed with beauty items. So I was uh, a product junkie and would have tons and tons of products. And then growing up in, uh, in university, I actually worked in a department store in, uh, in the beauty department. And I learned the business from the ground up. So I worked more in conventional business. And then when I graduated from university, the natural thing was, was to pursue a career in the beauty industry. So I went to work for, my first job was with Elizabeth Arden. And wow,
0: that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and then I just went from one global beauty company to another, uh, learning my craft, and uh, eventually starting my own. I was a product, I eventually became a product developer for a major Canadian retailer. While I was with them, I uh, used to get eye irritations all the time from, um, I would use, sometimes I would use cleansing wipes to remove uh, my eye makeup, especially when I traveled. And I kept getting eye irritations from them all the time. And I thought, gee, there's like, I started looking at the ingredients in them. I thought there's gotta be some cleansing cloths out there that don't have all of these ingredients in uh, that are burning my skin. Um, And sure enough, there was nothing out there. And so I looked at that and I went, why? Um, so I spent, uh, this was back in 2010, I spent quite a few years trying to work with wet white manufacturers so that A, I could produce something that was made with natural liquids, and B, uh, something that was in a, on a sustainable cloth, like not made from uh, rayon, which is wood fibers, made from bamboo. Um, and I have to say that I'm sure that they thought I was some hippie nutcase because the wet white people are really hard to work with. and They were not interested in being innovators back then in 2010. But I just persevered and I kept going at it until I finally got a manufacturer. And interestingly enough, it was another company, uh, also woman led. And I feel like she gave me a shot um, because I was a woman. I, I really do think that, that there had something to do with it because most of the other multinational wet wipes, like their big, big industries are led by men. And I just think they thought it was kind of a crazy, weird attitude um, to do this natural wipe. And um, she gave me a shot. And so she experimented with me. We went through, you know, a year of testing. And because bamboo is not always easy to work with, it was probably the first uh, natural company out there uh, to do natural wipes. Um, but, um, yeah, it was a huge barrier. Uh, sometimes I think it was crazy because I spent so much time, but I was so determined that I was going to launch this product and I did. Um, and then it was really in 2016 when my company started taking off because we launched, uh, charcoal deodorant and my um, favorite. Oh, really? Oh, I'm glad to hear that.
0: The fact that it glides on so nicely and it smells really fresh it's really like the best natural deodorant I've ever tried. I I absolutely love it. And I I hate when there's the natural ones are chalky and this one just feels like
1: a smooth little wipe. Like it's just so nice. It glides on. Yeah, it's true. Well, you know what? We don't use baking soda. And I I know a a lot of brands are coming out now. They're finally catching on about baking soda, but that's what gives it, I call it drag on the skin Mm -hmm. is, um, it's, it's it's like gritty. It's very gritty, exactly. And so we avoided using that and we, uh, we sort of worked around it and innovated around it. And the Japanese have been using charcoal for decades. So it's, it's great for odor control. I mean, we added in additional ingredients for odor control, but charcoal was the big one for us. And that, and, and glide, uh, you know, your underarms are very sensitive. So when you've got something that's sort of dragging along the underarms, it, it's, um, it's not pleasant to apply. Uh, and it's not, it doesn't have a pleasant feel, the grittiness from baking soda. So I'm, I'm really glad that you noticed that it has a nice application.
0: It really does. How come there is that, um, period of time where I'm using air quotes, but no one can see me where you kind of like smell a little bit. Uh, people say like your body is, um, it's getting rid of all the toxins. What is that process actually, What what's happening?
1: It's actually, um, it's actually not quite as you think. It is it is a detox process, but it's not a detox like an internal detox. People think that it's all the, uh, you know, there's toxins coming out of your system, and there is some of that, but the real pe- period is it's your body chemistry transitioning from, if you used antiperspirant before. Antiperspirant um, uses aluminum chloride, and it it forms a gel-like plug in your uh, pores, in your underarms, and so it, that's how it stops you from sweating. And if there's no moisture, then there's no m- bacteria. And so that's why you never you know you don't sweat, sweat, but you also uh, don't smell because there's no moisture. The problem is, when you stop using that uh, antibacter- the, uh, antiperspirant, rather, uh, they've done studies that your body actually starts overproducing bacteria because now you're allowed to sweat. So you've got moisture coming out. And for some reason, for a short period of time, your body starts overproducing this certain kind of bacteria in the underarm area. Unfortunately, it's the super smelly kind of bacteria. So people tend to smell more, they're wet. They've never felt that before. Cause if you were using antiperspirant, you were never wet and now you're allowed to to sweat so you have moisture there so it's a, it's a very uncomfortable period i will admit but it's it's well worth it because i just feel there's something about antiperspirant that's so not natural to not allow your body to sweat so some people think that period is that these you know, uh, toxins are coming out of your body. And sure, there are some because your pores have been plugged for 10 years or however long you've been using antiperspirant. So yeah, for sure, there'll be stuff. It's like having blackheads and squeezing the blackheads. There is a satisfying. Yeah, it is very satisfying. So there's a period of that happening because you're freeing your pores. Um, So there's that plus the bacteria issue, which does subside. But it does take a period of time before the body says, hey, what's going on here? I'm like, I'm sweating now. I wasn't sweating before. And just the way the bacteria responds. And it isn't, I laugh because we did a, we did a, YouTube or a TikTok uh, about that. And it just went viral because it's actually not marketing BS. There is studies that have shown that this does happen when you stop using antiperspirant. So I hate that period of time. And I get customers that would, you know, DMS and send emails saying like, what should I do during that detox? And so that's when we had, we created this underground bar. And I'll be very honest, that was the reason that we created that bar. I didn't have it when I first launched, um, cause I really didn't know about this. And the story is actually kind of, uh, I'll story tell a little bit here is, is interesting because it wasn't me that actually thought of that bar. It was actually a beauty editor told me this because I laughed. I went for, I was doing an interview with her and she said to me, she started laughing about my deodorant and said, how's it going selling that deodorant telling people that they're going to stink for a period of time. That's amazing. (laughs) And I went, yeah, I know. It's kind of, you know, transparency is a funny thing. It can be maybe not so good for business. I don't know, but I just wanted to buck the system and tell people like, natural deodorants do work. You just have to wait. (laughs) And you just have to wait through that detox period. And so I said, it does bug me though, when people DM me or or sending me an email and say, but what am I supposed to do? And, you know, I honestly didn't have the answer. And the answer that I had to give them was like, well, go into the bathroom and like wipe your underarms and then reapply the deodorant. And it wasn't a very satisfying answer because like, who's going to want to do that? So and they were saying, well, I'm smelling and this is, you know, it's not working. And it, it, I'm, I'm telling them like, okay, give it some time. But in the meantime, I have to come up with a better answer for that. And that really bugs me. And so the beauty editor said, she goes, well, you know what I do? And I said, what? And she said, well, I get sent deodorants, natural deodorants all the time. And this was pre-pandemic. And so she said, you know, I am terrified that when I go to the office, I'm, one of them is not going to work and I'm going to stink. And so she said, so what I do is before I try a new deodorant, I wash my underarms with this carbolic acid. And I'm like, and it works. She goes, I don't know what it is, but I think it's because, and it, the reason is, is because it eliminates all the bacteria on the underarm and it kind of leaves a film of, the, of this acid on the, so that when she applies the deodorant, she's got kind of double protection because there's still that film from the carbolic acid on her underarm. The problem is carbolic acid is like, pretty intense. And so thought, uh, I don't think I'm going to market that. I, you know, I, I don't, I would have a lot of people having an allergic reaction, but the concept is so interesting. So I went and I explored that and I actually went to a soap maker and um, they said, you know what? Salt, apple cider vinegar. And we worked together on coming up with this formula. And he said, basically, if you really wash your underarms, just like Dr. Fauci says with your hands to get rid of bacteria, you do the same in your underarms wash them 20 times and he said literally you got to get right in there and wash them 20 times and with the salt and the apple cider vinegar it leaves a film on your underarms so that you kind of have that protection because bacteria can't and that's what makes you smell is bacteria so bacteria doesn't like apple cider vinegar and it doesn't like um, salt and by me putting together this soap you don't have to endure, like you could take apple cider vinegar, but it smells to high heaven. Uh, whereas if we formulate it properly, you don't have to go through all the trouble. Trust me, you will never know you're going through the the detox because that apple cider vinegar and the salt... Um, Just leave that film on the underarm, so it fights off the that extra smelly period. So people have fallen in love with that soap. I mean, if you look at um, some of our comments, people say like it changed my life, and and you know it's 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 really just science. Like it's bacteria eliminate it, and people just you were using you know like a Dove or a very fragranted soap that's going to do it uh, because it's too full of fragrance. You need something that's designed so. We sell this bar soap that is specifically for your underarms. And I'm telling you, when you use the charcoal on top of it and you layer charcoal with the charcoal soap and the the uh, salt and apple cider vinegar, you've got extra strength protection, especially in the summer. Cause you know, natural deodorant's not perfect. Um, it doesn't have the same advantage that antiperspirant does but it's healthier for you. And so this was our answer to the detox and to people who have extra smelly odor is just do this every day especially men because men have uh hair and bacteria gets trapped so it's even harder to uh to get rid of bacteria and women sometimes forget that they have you know residue from yesterday and if you're just swiping your underarms really quickly you're not getting rid of it and this is uh, all very gross but i'm telling you it seriously does work (laughs) and um and people have said it's such a simple concept and you know I'm being perfectly honest, it's very simple. And we're not asking you to do anything more, you would get in the shower anyway. So just add this extra step from washing your underarms much more carefully and with the special ingredients and you'll get way more mileage out of your deodorant.
0: So you said summertime is pretty intense when it comes to the smelling. So do you recommend the detox, again, in air quotes, people can't see me, uh, the detox process in the colder months, or you say like just start whenever
1: you can? No, don't do it in the summer. The uh, summer months is because it's so humid, um, you know, you're sweating a lot. So if a lot of moisture is sitting underneath your arm, Uh, Some people, and I will tell you a a good, I would say 20% of people experience this problem in the summer, they get rashes under their arm and it's because they're sitting in moisture. And I always use the analogy, there is a medical term for it, but I just use the analogy, it's kind of like diaper rash. So deodorant for the very first time in the summer, um, the chances are you're gonna be sweating a lot and you'll get a rash. So I always tell people either do it early spring or in the fall, but I wouldn't switch to natural deodorant in the summer months. Even though I sell natural deodorant, I'm telling you, it's, um, it's risky, unless you've got a plan for managing that deodorant, and um, I'm going to be launching it this summer, is a barrier powder, because sometimes I actually am someone who sweats a ton, and so I struggle with natural deodorant, you know, full disclosure, I, you know, because I'm always sweating um so I have made my own little concoction um uh, and I call it my barrier powder that after I put the deodorant on I layer this powder over top of my underarm because I cannot stand feeling wet I hate everybody does but I really and because I sweat so much I really want to do that and I also use it underneath my bra as well because you get a lot of uh, chafing and sweating under the breast area especially in the summer months I know these things are sort of, you know, slightly embarrassing, but you know, they're real problems and that's... No, it's real. It's real. And that's what I like to talk about on my blog. And I talk about in, in my TikToks is these are real everyday problems. So there's nothing to be embarrassed of. A ton of women get breast sweat. I mean, even women who are not big chested, if you're a workout queen, um, even during the time that you're working out, um, sweat has a lot of salt in it. So people can get eczema from it and you can get zits from showering after you. So that's why I highly recommend using a barrier powder before you work out. Same thing with the, the dry shampoo, to be honest, Molly it is the same thing. A lot of women say um, they use the dry shampoo after they work out. And I went, no, put the dry shampoo in before you work out. Yes. So the powder is there to absorb. Yes. yes. You do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it it makes sense because you're going to sweat, so why not put something in to absorb what's going to be oily rather than trying to compensate afterwards. Yes,
1: exactly. And it's kind of the opposite logic that a lot of people use, but it's something that I'm trying to teach people through my, you know, through my own uh, you know, education is to say, "No, put the powder on before the sweat happens."
0: Okay, I actually have a really weird question. Oh, I have, weird- have you ever Thought or has anyone ever told you that they've used the cleansing face wipes in their vagina area? And the reason I say it is because the ingredients are so clean, and most wipes that people use in that area are actually filled with so many chemicals and, you know, parabens, whatever it may be. And I saw this one time and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to pack these in my carry on my book bag because I was taking a really long flight. It was like eight hours. And I don't know, on flights, you're either really cold, you're really hot, you're sweating. I feel like I always leave a long flight so uncomfortable and whether it's going to be an infection or I'm just like feeling yucky down there. I was yeah. like, I'm going to have this as backup. Do people use this as that?
1: Well, you know what? I've been asked. And in fact, interestingly that you should say that, actually feminine, um, I don't know what to, the right word is anymore, but hygiene like, products. Yeah, or t- yeah. Well, no, companies that make... Um, Tampons have it asked me to make them for them, like to do mm. private label for them. And the reason that I don't is there's two reasons. One is bamboo is not flushable. And most women that use, and I don't recommend to be honest, any uh, wipes, even Femme Hygiene, uh, to go into the toilet because they don't disperse in water. They're biodegradable, they need soil, not water. So unfortunately, you know, some sewage systems goes into uh, marine life, and um, those those wipes will not disperse. So, I don't recommend them because of that. Number one, but number two, so I formulated them for eyes, which are super gentle. But I and I tested them for eyes to make sure that there was no eye irritation. They took off mascara, but mostly that they could be put in the human eye. I did not test them. putting in the human vagina. The whole um, microbe activity down there is very, very different. And I generally am not a big fan of feminine washes, etc. Because your body is engineered to clean itself out down there, except when you are, like you said, you're traveling, you're sitting for eight, 10 hours or more in tight clothing, and you're going to sweat down there and everything. So yes, along the sides, I would say, but I would never use them in that. And I certainly can't say that because there's also essential oils in there. Now, I, I formulated them at skin pH so that even the essential oils are, are safe for the face. I just never tested it for the vagina. So I don't like to say to use them down there because I'm really big about testing. And so yeah. I didn't test them for that. As
0: far as essential oils, I think that I was watching a video of yours that you put them on your husband's workout equipment and you <laughs> ruined his leather or something. No, le- oh my gosh, that was a while ago.
1: Yes, I did and he still hasn't forgiven me for that because I'm telling you, you got to be careful with essential oils and I love them because I and I have a diffuser everywhere in the house and blah, blah blah and then I was I was on this kick for a while and I still am. I just reduce the percentage. I was putting essential oils in my cleaning solution. So I use a natural dish soap. So I put it in um, a spray bottle. I have cats and you know cats. They're going to get on my counters. They're going to go everywhere. And so I have to sanitize my countertops all the time because I know that the cats have been up there despite how many times I've told them to get down. Um, So I, but I really love, um, the smell of essential oil. so i would put a little bit of like peppermint in with the, uh, the dish soap and then i would concentrate it with water so that i would blend it all together and i used to put in like two percent essential oils because i was like "Whoa, i love this it smells so good the problem is then when i read what it was doing to the granite countertops and i was like whoa i think I've..." Been, and i and i was using it to wipe down his workout equipment because i was like oh it stinks um, until I saw this big, huge thing on his bench. And I was like, oh my God. And he's so, my husband's like, spends a lot of money on his equipment. So I thought, I am like a dead woman if he sees this. <laughs> so how can I quit this thing? And because he's always telling me, you and your essential oils. Anyway, I did, I wrecked it. His bench press has a big thing. And that 100% I know was from the essential oils. So be wow. Here, With they are like just because they're they're natural doesn't mean you know poison ivy's natural too. Let's remember that Um, that you gotta watch the percentage that you use. And every dermatologist hates fragrance and goes on about fragrance, fragrance, fragrance. My opinion to that is I get it that it's fair, including essential oils are difficult on skin, can be difficult on skin. However, it's life people love things that smell nice. Everybody does. I mean, watch someone in a store. The very first thing they do when they have a shampoo is they take the lid off and and smell it. Like everybody just does it and they don't even know they're doing it. It's subconscious. So why try to buck that? And so what I do is I talk to my chemist and I actually work with a special uh, fragrance house that does all my essential oil blends. And my chemist uh, there is really good. Like he will tell me exactly what the threshold is, um, not to irritate skin. So in the deodorants, and as much as I love a deodorant that smells absolutely wonderful, and all of mine do, but I do not go crazy. I don't use essential oils to mask odor. I use it to delight the consumer, not to mask odor, which means you won't get a rash. Um, And that's the problem. And I won't say which brands, but if you open a, a, a deodorant, and it kind of Whoa! All I can say is if you have sensitive skin, do not put that on your skin because you probably will get a rash from the from the scent. Cause I can tell you it's way above, you know, you know, 1%. I keep it in it, like literally, we just put a tiny bit in it. it's like 0.05. And the reason that I do that is because I know when people open up the deodorant, they want to smell nice when they're putting it on, but I don't want to rip their skin off with crazy levels of fragrance. And, uh, and uh, some consumers have said to me, I wish your your deodorants had a heavier scent. But I really feel no, they got to be skin friendly, because your underarm the skin under your arm, they say is akin to the skin on your eyelid. It's very, very sensitive. And don't forget, like you're shaving there for most women, you're so you're basically cutting your skin every single day. Um, and there's like little micro cuts on your skin every day. And then like, I would make a product with like 5% fragrance in it. It would just like rip your underarm off. So that's why I keep essential oils really low. And then I learned my lesson about using them around the house. Is <laughs> never put these, you know, high levels of essential oil on anything. <laughs> every time I look at that bench press, I feel so bad that I wrecked it. <laughs> Maybe his next birthday,
0: you'll replace the bench. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> You know, my mom really appreciates the minimal amount of scent or fragrance in your deodorants because she is so sensitive to, to scent, like beyond. If she walks in a department store... they're spraying perfumes and she walks through she will walk out with a migraine so growing up i had to be so freaking cautious about what soaps i was getting even if i was getting like a body spray deodorant so now when i wear this deodorant and i'm around her there's no issue but there have been times in the past prior to me even using natural deodorant where she was like i i can't i have a headache what are you wearing like what what's on your body i can't be around you yeah so it's really nice It's,
1: it's interesting that people have that sensitive of, of a nose, but here's something else is again, like uh, my, my husband has eczema really badly. And I think he was getting it from, soap. he was using a soap with a lot of fragrance in it. And, um, I said to him, I'm going to try a little experiment and believe it or not, it has worked. I just keep a pump bottle of grapeseed oil. And I said, what I want you to do is before uh, you use that bar soap on you, because he, li- he likes the scent and he doesn't want to give it up. He said, I'm not using a scent-free soap. I like smelling that. And I go, okay, well, then I guess you must like having eczema. But, um, <laughs> and you look like a reptile. And you guys you know, are great. Yeah. <laughs> so, He's probably a riot too. Well, I don't know if he is or not. He has to put up with me, but <laughs> in any event, <laughs> believe it or not, and he rarely will tell me I'm right, but this time it did work. So he took the um, grapeseed oil and he applies the oil like a barrier, like barriers matter in skincare. And so anybody that I, so I tell all my friends who have sensitivities um, like eczema, etc., try showering in the morning. When you get into the shower, cover yourself in the oil, your arms, your legs, wherever you're going to, and then use the soap over top of the oil and the oil will protect your skin. And then you can still use it, but it just keeps a barrier. And of course, it, it will clean you as well because there's nothing like, like just like oil cleansers for your face um, debris and, and dirt adhere to oil so it's actually even a more thorough way of cleaning but it protects your skin from the soap and the sulfates in the soap and the fragrance in the soap even if it is a natural one it's soap is still very harsh on your skin so for some reason, my husband has not, like his skin has so improved. This, this winter was the first winter he has not had eczema on his legs. And it's because of that barrier thing. And he said, yeah, it really does work. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's really simple. I don't recommend, and honestly, you don't have to go out and buy a fancy oil. You can buy it at the grocery store. Like if you find grape seed or almond oil or any, you know, oil, like even avocado oil, and just fill it up in a bottle so that you make it very easy for yourself to apply when you're in the shower. Just don't use coconut oil because I find coconut oil is very greasy um, and you can slip from it in the shower and it's, it's harder to get off. So I always just say like a light oil, like almond. Grapeseed, or uh, and you know, they're so inexpensive, and you can pick them up when you're at the grocery store, and then use and then use the soap you love. Incredible tip! Thank you. Yep, it really does work. So um, I love all these little DIY things too. <laughs> How did you
0: educate yourself so well about the natural world? I knew obviously you were very brilliant in this space because look at the brand that you've created. But even speaking with you now, I'm actually amazed. What resources did you use? Did you educate yourself? Did you take a class? Where? Where did this knowledge come from?
1: Well, you know what? I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm that brilliant, but I I read a lot. I do read a lot. I read a lot of white papers on uh, ingredients, but don't forget I'm from the industry. So I've worked in this industry from the ground up. So I've been in it in, and I, before being in natural, I was in conventional. So I do, I learned a lot just through my jobs. Um, And then I started reading a lot and I sometimes, you know, you, and then you play around with things too, like in your own personal life is you uh, try things. Nothing replaces experience, really. And that's kind of what it comes down to. No, I did not take any, uh, you know, I have a university education, but not in 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 natural ingredients. It's really just experience. Also, I love to talk. So you know what? I love... Um, chatting like i love going into stores and chatting with the girls in the stores people that work in the stores especially in in uh, natural beauty stores etc going out and talking to them they tell me what customers say or what kind of issues they have i learn a ton of things from them thing i'm launching a um niacinamide and um, alpha arbutin deodorant for women of color who have huge hyperpigmentation under their arms it's post uh, post-inflammatory pih um, uh, hyperpigmentation. It's a, And I know it sounds really random and weird, but it's something nobody talks about, and yet exists. And how I found out about it was, you know, I'm, I'm white, I don't have that problem. I'm very, very fair skinned. So I don't have uh, PIH under my arms, I get it in other places. Um, and I was at a, I was at a pool party and this woman recognized me and knew about my deodorant and she went oh I like your charcoal deodorant she said I wish you would make one that lightened underarms and I went why would you want to do that and she said you don't know about PIH and I went no and so she was Indian and she showed me her hyperpigmentation under her arms and I went that she was Are you kidding? It's huge amongst the Southeast Asians, Asians, uh, Filipinos have it as well um black women and Hispanics and some Mediterranean so if you have if you you can be Caucasian and still have it if you have a lot of olive in your skin and so then I started asking people and they were like yeah I'm so embarrassed I never talk about it it's kind of like you know it's not something I bring up at a dinner party <laughs> and so I was like wow this whole thing and so the woman said you should educate yourself she said go watch some YouTube videos and I did it I'm telling you not one of the YouTube videos had less than a half million views because this is such a huge problem. And I said, I never knew this existed because you know, it's not like I just have all white friends. I have friends of all ethnicities, but nobody talks about it because they're embarrassed. So that's when I went, okay, well, let's see what, like, I know what causes it. Let's see what cures it or helps to get rid of that pigmentation issue. And so that's why we developed that deodorant, which we'll be launching this summer. Um, along with, um, I'm also launching a kojic acid uh, soap with also licorice root because guess what else has happened with pigmentation issues is through the pandemic, um, uh, the cases of acne have gone through the roof. A lot of you know. Oh,
0: I know, I have had so many appointments at my dermatologist and I- Oh
1: my gosh, you are like the perfect
0: woman. I've cried over this, I've, it was bad. You should see photos from my face from like six months ago and I've tried so many things. So I fully relate. I tried the absolute best to change my diet to make it as clean as possible. But I mean, life's life, there's some times where you're just like, I want the freaking chocolate, but please tell me what you're making because I probably need this.
1: Well, it's only if you're pigmenting from it. And it's like, here's what the, the research that we have done was that through the pandemic, the incident of, um, you know, aside from lots of people were unhappy and stressed. So that actually does trigger hormone activities, which means that sebaceous glands are getting overactive. Voila, you get acne. And the derms are saying exactly what you have seen patients nonstop because of acne. But they said 75% of the patients who have facial acne have acne and chest acne. Interesting. Well. And that could be, yeah, you, you probably don't, but 75% of most acne, I guess it's just because the sebaceous are very active in the back and in the chest. And through the pandemic, lots of people are sitting a lot so they're wearing clothes and they're you know on i don't know i guess just they're not as active as they were before in any event back acne has gone up so the product that we have is not for your face it's kojic acid which will help lighten because when you get back acne you often have like that little purplish hue around your blemishes and same with the chest yeah it's summer and now the us is going back to normal and people will probably start going to weddings and you want to wear pretty sundresses, etc. But if you've got acne, uh, it's not. Or you have the remnants of the acne scars, it's not very nice. So the kojic acid soap is. It has uh, licorice root, and they're they're essentially they're brightening or whitening. Um, so it'll help take that scarring from the acne and the acne and the front uh, down on your body. It also can be used for knees, elbows, anywhere that you get sort of uh, dark skin uh pigmentation so you just use the soap and you just use a brush because there's very few products out there for bacne or acne I mean it's pretty hard to get back there with your salicylic acid so at least with the bar soap, you (laughs) you know you can put it on a brush and put it there and so that you'll get that coverage with the uh uh, kojic acid is very it's been used for years and years in Asia um, as a facial whitener Um, those bar soaps have been there. And unfortunately, the ones that um, a lot of the ones that are in circulation are not very safe because they contain all kinds of other ingredients. But uh, ours is approved. We'll be selling it at Credo as well, and it's going to be an exclusive with them in in July. I actually
0: really also appreciate your honesty because I like what you're saying. You know, don't start this detox process with the deodorant in the summer. You're gonna say, yes. You know, don't put this on your face. Even though like these are your products, you're not trying to be salesy. You're just you're just helping the people, and I really
1: appreciate well, that. Well, I I you know what I was when I was a salesperson, I learned one thing for sure, and it served me. I'm more of a, a long game person and if I BS people at the, the, the cosmetic counter and said, Oh, you need this when I knew darn well, they didn't, uh, they would never come back to me again. And so sometimes I'd say, you know what, you don't really need this. And then I found that I built customers for life because people would always go, no, I want that girl. Cause I know she's honest. <laughs> and so I learned it there, but now I think maybe I'm the worst salesperson in the world. Cause like, I've even been told by my team that I don't promote my products enough. <laughs> and so I went, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I have That's to That's amazing. Less honest. <laughs> no, I'll never not be that. I am who I am, and I do, I think people will will come to me. And as I said, I saw that when I was a, when I was a young girl in a store was, I built a clientele because I was honest. I'd rather say no to a sale and get a, another one some other time because I did someone. Uh, I did the right thing.
0: For someone listening out there, that's thinking, you know what? I'm fed up with you know my nail polish that has toxins in it. I want to create a clean beauty brand for nail polish what is a real tangible step for them to start this process because the brand you've built is so incredible i'm sure a lot of people out there are very inspired by your story and they just feel lost of how to start
1: first of all it's a mental game and I will be very honest with you is there are many times that I wanted to quit. I use the word grit a lot. Cause you do need it. There's so, and I'm sure you know that too. Like even doing what you're doing is like even starting a podcast, etc. There's moments where it's really discouraging uh, because you think, Oh, like it's so hard. And now I will say even harder for somebody to start a clean beauty business because there's so many brands out there and retailers are like oh I see I've seen it all or you know oh yet another one so you know you have to be able to handle rejection you have to find um, a message that works with consumers and I'm still working on that you know as I said too like sometimes you know maybe people get confused by your your messaging so But the biggest thing is perseverance and grit and you have to talk to yourself all the time because if it were easy everybody would be doing it and it's not easy it is not easy but it's not impossible and if it's your dream and you want to do it um but you're going to have to remember that there's going to be long hauls of of um you know tough going on it as well and so that's the first thing is find a way to get mental toughness And, um, and then, you know, after that is, you got to have a good product. So make sure that you put the rigor into a good product. But unfortunately, that's not where it stops. And I always say that because a lot of chemists that I know have tried to just start brands, and they always, they seem to not be as successful as You know someone who's really good at social media, for instance, and I'm not saying it's a BS game. What I'm saying is you have to have the ability to get the message out and I'm struggling always with that. Um, But that is a big part of the beauty industry is being able to be able to speak to your consumer and resonate with your consumer. So even though you have the best product in the world, if you don't have an audience, um, you, you really don't have a business. So that is important is to keep that in mind. And I'll be honest with you, this is the best advice that I could ever give anybody and I'll give it and say it out because it's absolutely true is if I was to start my business today, I would not have started with product first, I would have started with a platform first, and then brought in a product. First, I would have worked with an audience and said to, you know, consumers, you know, this is who I am. This is, and and maybe just provided information with no product and then launched a product. Um, And the reason is you have a built-in, you have a built-in audience for your, for your brand then, because it's so very difficult to get into retailers right now. And not only that, but it's also very expensive to work with retailers because it's, you know, it's not just, you know, you sell it and it just flies, uh, you have to support your brand as well. And, you know, you obviously, the margins are, are very diff, you know, getting difficult now because of cost increases and retailers, uh, they, they demand high margins. So it's, it's a difficult game, um, but I do think that the best thing to do is start with, you know, um, a blog or start with, you know, something where you stand for something and educate people, and then present a brand, so that you've already got a built-in audience for your for your products. Um, I didn't do it that way because you know I'm I'm a different era. I I'm, I'm not a digital native. Um, I grew up like in you know like I said I worked in a store selling it. Then I went to university and then I became I worked in in marketing then in product development. So my my journey was different, but that you know it's it was a different time.
0: I think you're spot on about creating a platform first and then bringing product
1: second. It's really smart. Really smart. That's just what I had experienced. And I went, okay, I was really (laughs) dumb. But you learned, and now you're sharing this
0: advice. So I hope it helps thousands of people. I guess so. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Kaya leads, I would say, with clean beauty, right? Like, that's like a huge pillar of the brand. How did you break into the clean beauty market, not only in Toronto and Canada, but in the U.S.?
1: You know what it was is because I was working for, I was working in product development and I was always reading trend reports and always looking like what was coming next. And like I said, when I was, I did the wipes and I was always getting infections. And then I saw that, it was at the time where like Whole Foods was like the cool place to go, and everybody was eating organically and natural and blah blah blah. And so I realized back in 2010 that the market was going to go there. When when consumers start eating naturally, eventually, eventually they'll start like questioning what they're putting on their skin. Like I'm spending all this money to eat healthy, and then I'm putting all this garbage on top of my skin. Well, that might be. You know, I knew that that was going to happen, and it usually like. Um, personal care or beauty follows food so you'll notice like a lot of times there's trends in food that oh like suddenly now there's like these trends that are happening in skincare like these popular ingredients or actives that call and it's from the food like probiotics everybody's talking about probiotics in skincare now well guess what they were huge in um, ingestibles like five ten years ago so you, that is the best thing I can tell you is like, look at what's happening in the food industry and you can kind of mirror the beauty industry will follow in an interesting kind of way. So I knew that that was going to happen. The problem was uh, that was in early days. Um, the market just took a lot longer to catch up. But the reason that I, it was easier for me to do, uh, to break in Uh, than than the people who are launching now because I was one of the few brands out there.
0: As far as getting people on your team, did you look for people who were like-minded like you or you wanted people who had all different strengths and then kind of like brought them into the natural world or were they all experts in natural beauty and you were like kind of picking here and here and here?
1: Well, I do find that it is um, when I... Hire people that if they are already natural beauty engaged, it is so much easier for me and them to work as a team because they already understand the industry. They get so, it. Yeah, they're they going to
0: you on something. They're going to be like, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense."
1: That makes sense. Or they know their ingredients and they know, you know, what the difference is. Um, so we always laugh because I, I have a little joke. I always say, "Oh no, I don't think so. I think she's a chemical cocktail girl," uh, which means she's still. <laughs> You know, buying all the chemical cocktails um and so maybe your staff meetings must be i just <laughs> you guys are you guys are fun so they're ridiculous i mean we have too much fun maybe sometimes we don't get enough done so i do take a preference but you know what the job market doesn't always work that way uh, but you know what the interesting thing is i live in toronto and toronto is really uh very multicultural i mean it's like you just walk down the streets in toronto and you Know there's two black guys walking with a Chinese guy walking with a white guy, and they're all friends from school and they've known each other, you know, they're all Canadians, and da da da. And so, Toronto is very, um, it's very in- immigration friendly, and I don't know, it just works here for some reason, you know. It's, it, we're not perfect, but it, it does, and so I find my team re- represents the streets of Toronto, so you know, um. How cool is that? Yeah. And so what is really cool is that that's where I've learned because I used to have a lot of Asians on my team. I learned so much about Asian skincare because they are skincare junkies and these girls, like, and most of them, you know, they were Canadians, but they have relatives or whatever in Asia. And honestly, I can tell you a few innovations that came as a result of those girls. Um, you know, I, one deodorant scent that we used um, was from this thing called white Flower and white mm-hmm. flour is a tincture. So we would know it as Tiger Balm or Vicks Vapo rub. They call it white flour and white flour has a very uh, unique scent to it. And so we went to Chinatown, bought it. And then I looked up the formula for white flour as in the, the scent formula and used that kind of idea of medicinals. Uh, what the, it was the inspiration, like what it was those ingredients? And they said they, it all reminded them of their grandmother. Uh, because their grandmother used to put white flour on their chest just like North Americans are you know my mo- our moms would put Vicks vapor rub or whatever your mom used on your your chest if you had a bad cold or whatever so it's kind of interesting like that was from their background um, so I love the fact that we have a multicultural team, because I do learn a lot uh, from them. And uh, and my marketing director right now is Muslim. And she has taught me all kinds of things about um, because she just came off of Ramadan. And she's been tired for a whole month. <laughs> and So I feel really bad for her. I went, Oh, my gosh, how are you going to get through this day, girl, with no coffee, no water, nothing. So she's all happy now, because they just had Eid and they celebrate. And of course, I'm really curious, like, what are you like what do you feast on after all? like you know uh, I mean, they eat at night, but not during the day, so I've learned about so many different cultures. I love that it's nice to have such inspiration
0: from people in your everyday work life that you can bring in product for your whole community and platform yeah,
1: you know yeah. it's 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 a neat way to to innovate, and that's what I sort of think like oh, some companies like think like innovation, they make it such a process, ours just kind of happens organically like. Oh, what really bugs you? Or somebody go, oh, I have that. Like, you just told me something today, which, um, you know, that I thought was sort of interesting about your dry shampoo and that acne thing, you validated something that we just read, which was the incident. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, okay, so those stats are real. It has gone up crazy numbers of acne during COVID.
0: A huge lesson, actually, that my husband has taught me that I fought on for a long time because- When I had a problem, I enjoyed being able to vent about the problem. I just want to talk about it. I just want to vent about it. I want to bitch about it, whatever it is. And he's like, if you have a problem, you have to find a solution. I'm like, I don't want to find a solution. I'm just upset. Let me be upset. And I'm hearing all of these things, these issues and problems that came to your attention. And rather than you saying, okay, that's a nice problem, or like, okay, I understand that, but we're gonna move in this direction instead. You took that and made it into a solution. You you solved the problems at hand and made them into products, which is incredible. My husband would be very proud.
1: What do you <laughs> tell your husband this? I I remember when I worked at Eve Semaha and I had a really tough boss, and you know what he would say to me? He goes, "Don't come to me with problems. Come to me with solutions." Yeah, he got that loud and clear. (laughs) I guess So he said, what I'd like to see from you is this isn't working. I can't find a solution. And I've looked at, you know, I've looked online, I went to Google, I did this, I phoned so and so I did this, this and this. And here's the best solution that I came out with. And he goes, that's what I want you to say, not ask me to solve your problem.
0: Makes sense. I have to touch on the dry shampoo because it's my absolute favorite <laughs> product and it's changed my life. So another video that I found of yours, which blew my mind that an air, I'm gonna put it in the show notes because people just have to see this. An aerosol can uh, has, if it's, let's say this tall, it has this much actual dry shampoo and then the rest is chemicals for the aerosol to work. Whereas your dry shampoo, the entire, maybe it's like 3.7 ounces or 3.4 or something is, yeah all powder for dry shampoo. This boggled my mind. I never really realized how harmful aerosol was. Then I Googled it, then I was really scared and I was like, oh shit. And luckily I found Kaya a few years ago and I've truly been hooked ever since. I know this sounds so salesy, but I tell everyone. I have it in my hair right now. I've washed <laughs> my hair way less than ever before. I uh, I just
1: am so grateful that you created this product. Well, you know what? It's so funny you should say that because I've been a product developer for years and I actually did not know that either until I went to a manufacturer. Cause you know what? You don't think about it, right? Out of sight, out of mind. You just think well I don't know how it sprays out it's not my thing and so I didn't you know even when I was making products for non, non-clean non beauty I never asked that question they just said they want a delivery system that's cool and that's easy to use which is aerosol and so when I was making conventional products I would never ask those kinds of questions I would just talk about okay this is what we need the, the chemist and the manufacturer would work with me and we would talk about the ingredients but I never talked about the delivery system until I went to make one myself and obviously I can't make it with aerosol because I knew that there was propellants in it and I knew that it was flammable because <laughs> there's a big sign on it um so I was at a meeting and it's uh and we were all sitting in this boardroom and I said to and I knew the chemist because I'd worked with him a million times before and I said you know what Joe? just out of curiosity I said what is like the breakdown like I know I'm not going to use it but I just want I'm curious what's the percentage propellant versus bulk, which is what the product is called. And his face went red and I went, ooh, ooh, this isn't going to be good. And he said, well, depends on the company, but he said it can be anywhere from 90% propellant and 10% bulk to 60%, which is like maybe slightly more product. And I went, that would explain why, a standard aerosol uh, dry shampoo, the use up rate is really fast. Like, I don't know if you've noticed it, but even when you have a big can like this, it doesn't take long to blow through that can. And it's because there's hardly any product in it. It's mostly like the stuff. And then when you think about it, so I did this TikTok video, and and all my team was howling laughing because I went, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and get one of those big propane. I'm going to go out to the barbecue and get that propane because that's what it is. It's propane. So I had this big propane tank and I said, just so you know, like if your hairdresser knew this, do you think they would say, okay, I'm going to spray a little propane on your scalp now. And then I'm going to put a little bit of isopropyl alcohol and then some butane on your scalp. That is so freaking scary. Isn't that that is that so
0: scary. It makes me want to
1: vomit. Well, you know what? If half the hairdressers knew what was inside that can, I can guarantee you they wouldn't be spraying it on your scalp. That's why, and I honestly think that a lot of people who have dry scalp, it's because they're using aerosol products because they all contain, uh, not all, but most, especially dry shampoo, a lot of alcohol. So it's isopropyl alcohol. Like, so that's going to dry the crap out of your, your scalp. So why do you think that all over Instagram right now, everybody's talking about scalp issues and like, you'll notice like a ton of scalp products are launching because people are frying their scalp. Uh, with some of their hair products. And it's just that there's like these unknown things hit lurking in those cans that people don't know. So I, I just, you know, it's kind of funny. I know we all laugh about it with me and my stupid propane tank, but <laughs> no, it's
0: amazing. It's nice to have a visual.
1: Yes. Like that's what I'm saying is, and I also said, like, here's it's not that people are bad. Your hairdresser is not bad. Your hairdresser just doesn't know what's in that can. And that's why they're spraying it on your hair.
0: I'm hoping that as you're saying things, trends are changing. I'm hoping that even hair salons are going to have a huge change in trends because there are in like major cities, maybe Toronto, but I know New York and LA and Miami have natural hair salons where like the products are all clean beauty. I wish so badly that was the norm because it's not that accessible. It's pretty expensive for those appointments because they're using things that are already costing more because they're quality ingredients versus just you know, shitty chemicals. But I
1: think, and I hope, and I pray that that's going to be the future of actual hair salons. No, Molly, I think you just made a major prediction. I think you're bang on the money. And I will bet you that that is one of the things like event that comes out of COVID as well. Because I do think that people- during this, this long periods of lockdown that people are, have really reevaluated health issues and have really become, um, interested in natural. And I will bet you anything, um, that it will be natural hair coloring salons and natural salons where you can just, they just use natural products. It's just like the food. Like I said, like yes. food, you put it in your mouth and what's going to be next. Next was on your skin and next will be your hair. So you're 100% right. 100% right.
0: Yeah. I, I hate you, going to the hairdresser because I know what they're gonna use on my hair and I'm just like, oh, this is gonna cause so much damage in the long run.
1: Yeah. And again, it's not it's not because they're, you know, mean spirited. It's yeah. just it's just lack of education, that's all. Absolutely. Uh, so I think with social, I think things will really change. On, on that front for sure. Well, we're, yeah. we're all seeing it, Molly.
0: Before we close, can you share with me your information so people can follow the brand and learn more about all the incredible products and they can check it out on all the platforms?
1: Okay, thank you. That's really sweet of you. Well, you can, you can learn more. You can watch my crazy TikTok videos and my <laughs> handle that I go <laughs> under is Madam Sweat because I always just talk about how I sweat all the time. Um, I'm a bit obsessed with that. And of course, my Instagram, you can also look it up on Kaya Naturals. And uh, it's at Kaya Naturals on, uh, on Instagram as well. So we put a lot of stuff on reels as well. I try every week, I have this blog, and I call it the little book of human discomforts. And this is it's a, every Thursday, I talk about little special hack. Um, or I give you this crazy little piece of advice that I come across when I'm reading all these white papers. And, and so that's where I share all the information. So if you want to learn something crazy about your body or a uh, natural product check it out on Thursdays <laughs>
0: definitely will and by the way where can the products be purchased aside from the actual kaya naturals website we're with credo beauty uh, and us and detox market amazing how did you get into this podcast wise I also love to talk in case you can't tell yeah, and... That's long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I I love um I love hearing information you know, like storytelling is so nice. I can like sit back and just be like, okay, like that's interesting. You know, I'll take that. That's a nice tidbit. And I thought I already have a pretty good network. I can talk to people in all different fields, you know, gut health, clean beauty, recipe building, tech, all these different things, fashion. Let's just, I'm just going to start. And I, I've been talking about this for a year, all of COVID. I was like, I just want to do this. I just want to do this. And then finally I was like, this is stupid. What? A- I was waiting for the perfect podcast name. And I was waiting until I understood what equipment I needed. I was like, no,
1: the podcast Molly, is my name that I'm is buying so equipment. Normal. Yeah, that is so normal. I did the same thing.
0: Thank you so much, Mary. This, Molly, was amazing. this is amazing.
1: We have to do this again. <laughs> yeah, I want to meet Brian. you in real life. I know. I'm-
0: if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share with your friends, family, loved ones, really anyone who you think would gain value from this episode. And if you're feeling up for it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It means so, so much.